Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news that Jesus is alive. Isn't it great? You know... Thank you, Pastor Reva. I'm going to be serious one time right now with you, and this is it. We're so grateful for you and your family. And uh, this church, our whole family, and honored uh, that we would come, get to come back. Because I remember in the early days, nobody knew what was going on. We were just wild. Legs would grow out, little babies would stop crying that cried for nine months, and all kinds of stuff. Deaf ears would open. I mean, we were just like, Wah. everybody around, everybody. I mean, you know, now we've grown older and we're more mature. <laughs> no, actually, not and uh, more dignified. I'll be 68 next month. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever been dignified. I always look at older people and say, if I can do it, you can do it. I'll tell you what we because are. we love the Lord with all our heart. And I remember I, I, my mother's 92, Jewish, Southern Baptist, Pentecostal. And, and, um, and she was, hadn't, we'd been really believing God for some things for her. And, and she'd say, now, you're telling me I'm going to be all right. And I said, Mother, I know you are. My mother's a marimba. She was an entertainer during World War II and, and raised in New York City and a wonderful marimbist. And yesterday, we, we, we were keep praying and we kept praying and we kept praying and said, Mom, we're not moved by what we see. You're going to be fine. Because she said, I'm going to live to be as old as Sarah but without the kid. <laughs> and I said, you're going to live as long as you want to without the kid. <laughs> And yesterday it was so exciting, my sister called. She said, call mother right now. And I called her because she hadn't felt like doing anything. When she doesn't feel like playing the marimbas, I know something's wrong. And she said, just a minute. And then she started playing that song, Christ Arose. He arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. And she was playing it all the way through. And she said, oh, isn't that wonderful, Cindy? And she's playing the marimbas. And I just, I didn't tell her, but I was weeping. And I said, oh, Mom, that's wonderful. Because the resurrection gives us hope. For anything. Hope. Hallelujah, she said. Christ
his blood has washed away each stain. When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sins.
Thank you, Lord, for the blood that washed away each stain. No matter how, how much, how hard sin has scarred our life, Jesus redeemed us. Amen? Oh, glory to God. This morning, today, is about a day of great hope. No matter where you've been, you're here today. No matter what you've done, you're here today. No matter who people made you to be, you're here today. And because you're here, oh, and the, you know, it's funny. People say, well, what's the question? Is the question that Jesus lived? No. Jesus lived, Muhammad lived, Buddha lived, but today they're all in a grave. The point is, Jesus is alive today. He's alive today. And because he's alive today, there's hope for you. Because he's alive today, you don't have to live under the power of any uh, depressing despairing situation I'll guarantee you most people in the world live with some measure of death in their life and unless you know Jesus is alive today that death will keep you from breathing and thriving in the way God made you to live but the Bible says he is not only alive he is our redeemer that means he paid the price that debt that you owed and when he arose from the dead he testified to death hell and the grave that because he lives you can live also and I'm telling you there's certain words that just cause you to get up even when everything around you says it's over our shout comes from an empty grave roll the stone away there's nothing there hope, that can hold you. Hope oh. for your kids. Hope for your family. This hope is your what friends. you declare. Call me redeemed when the devil starts talking. Talking to me, I say that is my name. Bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm no longer ashamed. Just listen to the word. I'm forgiven, trying to deliver. Bought by the blood, I'm a new creation. That's what resurrection's about. All the old has passed away. That's what it means. Everything in my head is new. I'm a work of His grace. I'm forgiven. That's what it means. Delivered. Bought by the blood, I'm Us. Everything will be alright. Call me redeemed. Oh, that is my name. Oh, listen to this really good. It is the answer to condemnation. Oh, and it's always the same. I'm forgiven. Oh, 
this life. Styles change, hairstyles, clothing styles. But there's one thing that never goes out of style. It's eternal. It's the same every day. Your redemption is secure. I'm forgiven, delivered, bought by the blood of a What shall we say to all the glories when God is living inside? He's for us, not against us. Everything will be alright. Come, oh, be redeemed. I'll be redeemed. That is my name.
can be seated on this Sunday morning service. Oh, I know that morning, that morning they came to the grave. Oh, and they saw, I love that, they saw the stone had rolled away. Woo, they started running. Said a lot of people running. You say, what are they, what makes you want to run? Because something's happening that you don't want to miss. That you don't want to be, uh, 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 it, it something inside of you. It's like that little kid on Christmas morning. Well, actually, it was uh, our nephew, and we got he got a present on Christmas morning that he he just it was just so overwhelming to him. He literally got up and started running around it in circles until he got a little of his enthusiasm released. Well, that's what happens sometimes. That's what happens to us. That's what happens sometimes when you realize the greatness of what God has done for you. And you get in a place where the greatness of his plan swallows up everything you thought was greater. Mm. Just swallows it up. Mm. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know how you feel, but I got, a, I got a feeling I'm in a crowd that has the same uh, yeah. uh, testimony yes. I do. Yes. I'm here because he's alive. Whoa. The reason I'm here today... I may look pretty, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I might look good today, but you just don't know what it would have looked like if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. The only reason, the only reason I'm not, I'm, I'm any different than the person that you think on the street has no hope. The only reason that's not me yeah. is because Jesus is alive in me. Hallelujah. hallelujah. That's the only reason. Ah. And whether you realize it or not, it's the only reason it's not you. It's the only reason it's not you. Hey, that's awesome. So don't hold back in this hour and this day. But move on up to where the Lord is calling you to stay. For it is a place that he has prepared for you to go. Oh, it's not too much. It's not too great. Oh, he will help you to know the things that need to be done and how to get them done too. So don't sit back in despair or fear, but enter in to what he's asking you to do. Hallelujah. That is what today is about. Entering in coming back to what he's called you to. Maybe you never, uh, uh, you've never entered before, so you enter in, but you have and you just let it go. I'm telling you, the call, the, the call of the empty grave is come on home. Come on home to Jesus. I, I want to read you a story. I, you know, I don't know how other people do uh, different things, but I, I like to read the stories in the Bible that help to establish biblical truth in me. Because, see, the Bible is not just a story. Uh, uh, you know, the people who are in the Bible, they weren't, they weren't writing the Bible. They were living the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? And the reason after 37 years we're still here serving the plan of God is because it's not just something I'm reading. It's something I'm living. And I think as we see the stories of the men and women who lived out their faith in God, it helps us to understand how to live out ours. And so I was reading 
uh, through the story, and we'll just set it up here, if y'all are okay with this. Oh, glory to God. Jesus answers the questions in life, and it begins in John, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. This story, uh, I, I've read it many times. It's not very long. It's only three verses here. And it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. He, saw, he sees two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting their net into the sea, for they were fishers fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, this is what I've done. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. They left their nets and followed him. He lives to make you what you need to be because he's alive. He said, I will make you what you need to be. He's calling you, and his call means your life has meaning. Now, there's a lot of things in this world that try to define your life. But when Jesus calls you, he calls you with all of his power, his greatness, his glory, his life, his love, and it gives meaning to your life. Now, I read this story in Matthew, but the same story is in Luke chapter 5, and it gives us a little more insight into what Peter and his, uh, the James and John experienced that day that caused them to realize we're not going to do what we did yesterday anymore. In Luke chapter 5, the same story, it says that uh, in verse 1 that the multitude was pressing about Jesus to hear the word of God and he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw the two boats by the lake and the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. So Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and he asked him to put out a little to the land and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. The net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and he said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished or overwhelmed at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so were James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners. And Jesus said to Peter, Don't be afraid from now on. You will catch men. So when they brought their boats to let the land, they forsook all and followed him. Here is the foundation of Jesus' call to them. He filled the boats of a fisherman who'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. At this, at this time, actually, it says, he said, we fished, all, how did he say it? We fished all night, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And he said, but I, your word, I'll do it again. And the Bible says that an empty boat with an unsuccessful professional fisherman, by the way, 
He says to Jesus, I'll do it. And when he does it, a boat that is empty gets so, it's not just a norm. It's not like, you know, Jesus just had a stroke of luck, you know. <laughs> he just happened to hit the spot, you know. No, it was not a natural catch. It was so overwhelming. It says they were astonished. They were overwhelmed. They knew Hallelujah. this is not a natural thing. They knew this is not about how good I can catch fish. They knew this is about filling my boat with some supernatural resources that I do not have. They knew it was something more. It wasn't just a good catch. It was a supernatural call from the Lord God, and he revealed his greatness to them. I'm telling you, he's revealing his greatness to us today. Because I don't care who you are, when you come to Jesus, your boat is empty. And I will tell you, Jesus can fill your boat. And he doesn't just fill your boat. He says, I'm going to teach you how to catch others. Woo, glory to God. See, we always think it's about us getting restored. Of course you get restored. But every decision you make when you realize you've been restored is about what he can give through your restored life. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, I've been in lots of churches. The most unhappy, depressed, mean Christians I've ever met are men and women who do nothing with what God has done for them. It just gets pretty bad because you're called to be a fisher of men. And I'm telling you, it just gets hard when you're not. Jesus had uh, revealed his greatness to a life that was uh, really very unsuccessful. Peter was not having a good day. He was having a bad day. But Jesus came to Peter and filled his boat up and literally gave his life meaning. You ever had, you know, you're, this is what you do. And it's not good. It's not working right, Whether whatever it is. I mean, you can become so depressed over it and so despondent over it. I mean, this is what gives meaning to your life. You know, whether it is a, 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 you're, you're a, 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 a professional in some area, a businessman, a business deal goes bad, you lose it all, you lost this, it didn't go good, nothing happened, and you, you, know, you can get pretty depressed. I bet Peter was pretty depressed. Wasn't a good day. But Jesus said, everything can have meaning, Peter, if you'll just follow me. Even in the middle of your, what's the word I'm looking for? What you don't have, I can do what I need with a life that follows me. And so Peter followed Jesus. He walked on the water in Matthew 14 because he followed Jesus. Walked on the water in the middle of a storm. When everybody else was sitting in the boat, Peter walked on the water in the middle of the storm. It's like Peter was saying, this is not just about Jesus filling my boat. This is about me doing what Jesus is doing. He saw that. He saw that he was a disciple. He was a follower. If Jesus did it, then he wants me to do it. I will make you a fisher of men. He was there. He saw Jesus transfigured before his eyes and the glory of the only begotten son. He had an experience with the presence of God that he could not explain. He could not explain. 
He never forgot this experience. And in life, he, you know, it looks like Peter is on a road where he will begin to just, you know, you know, ride off into the sunset. And then there will be, uh, you know, he'll just, you know, a singing uh, glory all day long. But now we come to Luke chapter 22. And the Lord begins to speak to Peter. And he says to him, in Luke chapter 22, he says, Simon, Simon, he is Simon Peter, for those of you who don't know. He said, Satan has asked for you, Luke 22, verse 31, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen others. So Jesus is talking to Peter about a day when uh, his faith will be tested. It will be challenged. You say, what is the devil after when he attacks? He's after your faith. You say, why is he after your faith? Because your faith in Jesus is what causes you to face him without any sense of fear or intimidation. You could say it this way. Your faith in Jesus causes you to face the devil with a victory, the very same victory that raised Christ from the dead. And 1 John 5 says, this is the victory that overcomes our world, even our faith. Verse 5 said, who is he that overcomes the world but he? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Because you believe Jesus is the Son of God, that faith gives you victory in every adversity of life. And so Jesus tells Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to have you, to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned, strengthen others. It gets down a few verses and Peter uh, says to him in verse 33, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. The message Bible says, uh, he says, uh, Master, I'm ready for anything. I'd go to jail for you. I'd die for you. Sounds like he was committed. What about you? But verse 34 says, Jesus said, and this is the message Bible, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the rooster crows, you will have three times denied that you know me. What is Jesus saying to Peter? Peter, listen, listen to me. What you're about to face is bigger than you think it is. And you better remember my words because you're going to need to know and remember the truth in the midst of the lies and the adversity. Remember what I'm telling you, Peter. Peter never, anybody ever done something they never thought they'd do? You know what I love about the story of Peter and the resurrection? Peter tells us the story of what life would be like if Jesus wasn't alive. Because when Jesus goes on, and, and, and you could say, uh, like a, a, the, a, the first one, he lives to make you what you need to be. He lives to give your life meaning. Then we get down to this part of the story, and you could say, he lives to restore you. Woo, 
this is a good one, whether you realize even for a Southern Baptist, I'm telling you. He lives to restore you. It really is the power of the story of the life of Peter. In Mark chapter 14, oh, I won't, I won't read you that part. It says in Mark chapter 14, verse 31, Jesus, Peter declared emphatically after G, Peter told him, I'll never deny you. He said, oh, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And everyone said the same thing. But you skip down a few verses to verse 50. And it says after they had been in the garden and, and uh, uh, had, he had been uh, taken away, it says in verse 50, they all forsook him and fled. They all forsook him. Nobody stayed with him. Oh, but watch now because this is what Jesus died for. And it says in verse 46, uh, 66 of Matthew 14, Peter was in the courtyard. One of the servants' girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you're with Jesus of Nazareth. And she said, you, you, you know him, you're with him. But verse 68, Peter denied it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he went out into the entryway, and, and just then the rooster crowed. Verse 69, the servant girl saw him standing there. She began to tell the others, this man is definitely one of them. In verse 70, but Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them. You are a Galilean. Verse 71, Peter swore, I cur a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. One translation says he customed. He was angry. He was mad. He was also forgetting the meaning of his life. And he says that as he said this, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. And in Luke 22 of the same story, it says, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. He looked at him. I don't know as he was coming through this area uh, where he was in the courtyard. And he says, and he says, and then the words of Jesus came back to him. Uh, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And the Bible says, and he went out and wept bitterly. One translation says he broke down and he wept bitterly. He forgot. Peter forgot. He forgot the call, the meaning of his life. He forgot the one who could fill his boat. He forgot. He was overwhelmed with the situation. You know, life today is full of people, men and women, who things have happened, overwhelmed them. Many times it, uh, something, a divorce or a disappointment or something that someone did that, that hurt or offended them. And people get overwhelmed and they forget the greatness of following Jesus. Let me just tell you, the devil's only hope is that you will forget. His only hope is that you will forget the meaning your life has because you're living for Jesus. That's his only hope. But today, thank God, I have the privilege of telling you there is still hope. And I'm telling you, I'm reading the, the scripture as we go. And I don't know those first two days when Jesus was in that grave. I don't know what Jesus was going through that. But I can tell you what Peter was going through. Peter was get, living his life as if Jesus never rose from the grave. 
He was living in a despondent, oh, a wept bitterly. Some Bible commentaries say that the very fight that Peter had the rest of his life was to not be overwhelmed with that denial. He never lost those tears of denial. There was something about Peter that he said, the just died for the unjust. He knew who he was, but thank God the third day came around. Thank God it's not just day one. Lots can happen in three days. Oh, it sure can when Jesus is involved. In Mark chapter 16, verse 1, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, that's who he cast seven devils out of, Woo! I bet some people could talk about her. But aren't you glad that she was already listening to Jesus and the greatness of his work just caused whatever they said to be nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care what they call you. Remember what Jesus calls you. Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, Salome brought spices that they might anoint him. I want you to notice there were no men in the group. Woo, every woman in here should say, thank God for redemption, E-R-A, equal redemption for all. Thank God the women came, and as they, they said among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? And because when uh, the stone, uh, it was very heavy, we read in John 21. Big stone, they thought, oh, we don't know what we're going to do about the stone, but we're going. And so as they got there, they looked up, and they saw the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. And they entered the tomb. They saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said, Listen to what he said. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid. Ooh, I'm telling you, he didn't roll the stone away so Jesus could come out. He rolled the stone away so the evidence of his victory could be seen by you, by me. And that's the reason we're here, but it doesn't stop there. Because he says in verse 7 of Mark chapter 16, I got this scripture circled in my Bible. He said, but now go tell his disciples and tell Peter. Oh, come on now. If your name was Peter, you would probably not be sitting there looking so pretty. Go, he said, go tell them. See, they all forsook him. But Peter, I don't know what Peter was doing, but I know what it feels like when you feel like you have failed in the place that God has called you to. I know what it feels like when it seems like there's no hope and you think tomorrow it's all over, but the next day it wasn't all over because Jesus rose from the dead and because he rose from the dead, it was a new day, brother. And he said, tell Peter. Ooh, hot dog, brother. I'm telling you right now. He said, tell Peter, I will go. He said, and he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just like he said. Like he, said. Ooh, he has not changed his plan. In fact, what he's been doing was to prepare for today. 
Oh, I love this. I don't know. It's noteful to me that Peter is the first disciple Jesus appeared to after he appeared to Mary Magdalene and the women. He, he appeared to the first ones, someone who he cast devils out of. And women, some in that, that day did not seem to have value, but they were the first ones he appeared to. It's almost like he's saying, let everyone who will come to me. But it's interesting to me, there's two other references to this uh, uh, appearance to Peter uh, 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 as we read here in Mark 16. Two other uh, incidents. One is in Luke chapter 24, verse 34, as the disciples had been walking on the road to Emmaus and they didn't know it was Jesus and he appeared and started walking and talking with them and then after he leaves, they go and they run and they say, this is what they say. The Lord is risen indeed, and he appeared to Peter. Come on now. You know the message of the gospel. The Lord is risen indeed, but he said that the sentence not finished until you know. He appeared to Peter. Now that's a powerful one, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when Paul is telling us the gospel he received and the power of this gospel, and he's declaring to them what he received uh, preached unto you and that which you now stand, by which you are saved, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 2, by which you hold fast. He said, I delivered to you, verse 3, first of all, that which I received that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture that he was buried that he rose again the third day according to the scripture read, read look at the next verse verse 5 and that he was seen by peter Whoa. Woo! Whoa. hey makes me want to shout i can guarantee you Whoa. peter probably wanted you know what's Whoa. interesting about this he was seen by peter he was seen. You cannot understand the power that he died for your sin, he was buried, and he rose again without telling the story that Peter got to see him. And you know, there's not one reference anywhere to their conversation. Not one. Not one. You say, what does that mean? I don't know why it's not there, but I'll tell you what is there. What is there is the testimony in life of the one Jesus called. What is there is the testimony of the one who on the day of Pentecost got up in Acts chapter 2 and said his name was Peter. And he said, oh, he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Who was preaching that sermon? Peter. Who is preaching that sermon? Peter. Who is it in Acts chapter 3 when they walked by the beautiful gate and saw the man lame from his birth? Who is it that looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. Woo! It was Peter. Who was it that stood before the same court in Acts chapter 4 when they said, we don't want you telling anymore that Jesus rose from the dead. And he said to them, it, whether you think it's right in your eyes to, uh, to, to obey you rather than God, he said, you choose. But as for me, I've made my choice. He said, as for me, I am a witness. I must tell what I have seen and heard. Hallelujah. That was Peter. Woo! 
Jesus spoke, the first person, he, disciple he saw, I can imagine, you know, because Peter, he wrote things like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but he wrote things like, uh, the, your, uh, the, uh, I want to read it, I don't want to try to say it because I might not say it right right now. He said, uh, resist the devil, steadfast in the faith. I have a feeling those were the kind of words that Jesus must have told him. He's the one that said in 1 Peter 3, 18, Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Woo! You say, I don't know what will keep me going. I'll tell you what will keep you going. Knowing you've been forgiven. Knowing you've been restored. Your life has meaning. He's called you. I'm asking you to come back to that call this morning. If you've never answered that call, I'm answering, asking you to answer it. Because I'm here to tell you, Peter's not an oddity. He is an example of a man who fell on the mercy and the grace of God. And when Jesus arose from the dead and he appeared to him, I'll guarantee you, he might have found him crying. But when he came out of that place, he wasn't crying anymore. Because in Acts chapter 2, he is shouting, he is a Holy Ghost preacher. Why is he a Holy Ghost preacher? Because he has received the message he is giving. And this is your day to do the same thing. Because Jesus lives. We lived all we can live also. Jesus living in you means you have purpose. And I don't know if you've ever realized it or not, but in John 21, when Peter found uh, Jesus found Peter and six other uh, disciples, he had seven of them. He had a majority of the house with him, all fishing. And when he found them fishing, I don't know if you've ever realized it or not, but they had been fishing and they had caught nothing like the same place he found them, isn't it? They caught nothing. A professional fisherman. We have no record of him ever succeeding. Yes. What time is it? Yes. And he, but as he sees them and they have nothing, he says to them, I love this. I just got to say this to you. He says to them, children, have you any food? He said, no. He says, I love this. Put your net on the other side of the boat and you'll find a hall. It's not a lucky day for fishermen. Jesus is saying to Peter, this is what I believe he's saying to Peter. You're not far from where you need to be. You're one decision away from being where you need to be. Just the other side of the boat. And Peter, the one who had had a haul before because he obeyed the words of Jesus, once again, had so many fish, he could not contain them all. They run to the shore. It is the Lord. And Jesus, all he asked him, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? In other words, he said, Peter, what you have received is a gift to the world. What you have received from me you must give to others. Follow me. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, this day, we take a hold of your plan and your call once again. No matter if it's an old habit, no matter if it's a, a, a situation that wounded or offended us or some tragedy we didn't have the answer for, what we have received is a gift to the world. 
coming home. Shackled by a heavy about 
my master, my savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, everything is changed, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms <laughs> will all pass away, but there's something oh your name oh Jesus 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 there's just something about your name you're my master say sing for him all my life. Then I messed up and many years and I came back and a lady at the biggest publishing company in Nashville was a Sunday school teacher for the Southern Baptist Church. <laughs> and she asked me to come to church. Yeah, she threw the net out. And I always had excuses but you know she wasn't looking for the no, she was looking for the yes. And I came back and I still struggled and the guy who drove the bus in the church, he wasn't much to look at. One day he came in and I, my head was bowed so low in the back of the room and he said, Cindy, you're gonna make it. And this and I, that wasn't the only time. I, I had to make it again and again and again. But 19 nations later, 
And after I went up to his funeral and I saw that button on his funeral that said, because he lives. Yes, I even had to do it after I got spirit filled. But because he lives, I could face tomorrow. Sometimes I say I can take tomorrow because you live. Oh, I love this line. Come on, you need to know. Oh, fear is gone because I know. and close your eyes every everyone you say why do you want me to do that oh it's kind of like because when Jesus came to Peter and nobody knew that he came but he spoke to his heart and when he spoke to his heart it was something Peter lived and could not ever deny again this morning I know he's speaking to many hearts in this room He's speaking to all of us on one level or another. But some, you've never made Jesus Lord. You don't know him. That call to have meaning to your life, meaning and purpose. Your life matters. That comes from knowing Jesus. That's what it comes from. You say, I, I, I didn't think it mattered that I came this morning. I didn't think it mattered that I was alive. Well, Jesus feels differently. And if you'll receive him, he'll fill your life up with so much meaning, you'll be able to help others receive the same thing. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, I have made Jesus Lord in my life, but I forgot what it was like to live for him. I've forgotten about him. I can guarantee you he has not forgotten about you. And this morning, I'm asking you to come back. Come back. Come back to the dreams that only he can give you. Come back to the purpose that he has made you for. Come back. And this morning, maybe you're hearing you say, I know I need to make a public, uh, a public, it's like Peter on the day of Pentecost. This is my day to, to embrace the purpose and call of God in my life. And I haven't, haven't made Jesus the one thing people know about me. But today, today, 
I'm making a public decision. Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to be what he wants me to be. I can guarantee you along the way, there will be days you don't have the answer. But if you'll remember the one who will never leave you, I'm telling you, it won't last forever. And the day of his resurrection is here. And things open up that the devil tries to close. But this morning, we're going to stand and sing this song together. And as we do, if that's you, if you say, I don't know Jesus, I don't, haven't been living for him. Maybe you've never been filled with the Spirit. You know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was the first one. Woo, that got up and said, uh, this is the beginning of a fresh outpour. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people say, I don't know if I can trust those people who pray in tongues. You know that every writer of the New Testament spoke in tongues? Did you know that? Every single one of them, including the mother of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm just telling you, look, looking for somebody that kind of stabilizes your questions. There you go. So this morning, first of all, you don't know Jesus. You need to come home to him. You need to come home to what he's called you to. You need to come back to the purpose and the following uh, uh, that he has asked you to. It's not about what you want to do. It's about doing what he's made you for. I want you to get out of your chair. You can, get, you can get out at any point, but I want you to just come to the altar and we're gonna pray together. We won't embarrass you. We won't single you out. We just wanna pray for you. If you'll come to Jesus, this day will not just be a, a, a holiday. It will be a, a, a proclamation of the freedom that came because Jesus rose from the dead. Let's sing together because he lives. If you brought somebody, bring them with you. Uh, uh, just ask them to come and let's sing, everybody. Because you live. Just come, come on. I can face tomorrow. Are you waiting for someone to ask you? I'm asking. Because Come on, come on. Oh, all fear is gone. All fear. You won't be shaken tomorrow. Life is worth the living just because. Let's sing it one more time. I'm calling for you to come because you live. Oh, glory to God. Come on. I can face tomorrow. Oh, because you live. Because you All fear is gone. Someone else? Because I know, I know you hold my future. My life is worth the living just because you live. I know that. Lois had that cry for those who need to come back home.
But I have to tell you something. Right in my heart, all night last night, and I thought about the service today, I was thinking about the church people. I was thinking about how many times he asked me to witness to someone, and you turned. How many times he asked you to get involved in something, and you didn't do it because, after all, the things that are really important are outside the church. How many times he spoke to you to stop and pray. I'm, I, I kept thinking about the church people. Come back. How many times did you ignore when he spoke to you to make that phone call? And I'm not trying to bring condemnation. Don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to say, this is a day to say, I wake up. I'm coming home. You say, well, you know, I didn't have to answer that first altar call, but you might have to answer this one. It wouldn't surprise me if the whole church didn't answer this one. On some level, on some level, we're all, listen, nobody's made it. You know what I'm on saying? On some level. Lord, all there, of us. There are things in my life that I need to rearrange. I mean, I thought I'm doing pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm showing up. Pastor can see my face. Well, that might be a star, and it's good. We need to show up, but... But there's something else in your life you got to do. Just slip out of your even, chair. Even, even when, when, take your wife, take your husband, take your kids. <laughs> Say, listen, we're going to step it up. There was too much it cost. It cost I too much for us to act like tomorrow. It's no big deal. You don't have to line up. You can gather up here because I'm not going to lay hands on everybody. You can line Somebody can move that, 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 that thing right there, whatever it's called. I Hold forgot. It. Yeah, whatever. Yeah just, yeah, just go ahead and just move it, yeah. But I'm saying, and you don't line up. I'm saying, grab somebody and say, come on, we're going. Husbands, get your wives. Say, we're not going to ignore when God speaks to us again about giving. We're not going to ignore when he talks to us about witnessing. We're not going to ignore when he talks to us about praying. I'm, I'm telling you, the whole church can come down. I would like to make a fresh dedication today. I'm telling you, there are people who are dying for their religion right now. There's hope for the world. But there's hope. Because Jesus is alive. There's hope. There's hope for the there's world. There's hope. And we're the ones that you give don't have to line hope. up. Just come as a group. It's all right. Just come as a group. Just come as a group. Yes. In fact, come and everybody come and say, Impact Church will never be the same. Because I won't be the same. A revival is started by people who are revived. People who are on fire. Come on. I'm asking everybody, come. There, come. There's some place in your life. Come. My little 92-year-old mother would have been down here. Because she said, oh, I've done so little for the Lord. And I just, I look at her and I go, are you kidding? You're such a prayer warrior. You've done so little. You taught Bibles. You taught When somebody says that, that just lets me know they're not done yet. Oh, hallelujah. They're not done. They haven't settled. You know what I mean? There are things. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a, 
there's something you said, Lord, when you asked me to pray, you know, well, it was before. Uh, let me share with something with you. I didn't think I was going to do this, but sometimes I'll just ask the Lord questions about certain people in my life. Lord, uh, is there something wrong with their body? Uh, are they going to die? Are they going to leave here? Is there something that I need to do? And I'll ask him about people. Listen, ask the Lord questions. This world depends on us. And I saw Edwin on Facebook and, and I saw him skiing. And I stopped right there and I saw, you know, they were in this Colorado, you know, and stuff. And the first thought I had was, well, why didn't he ever ask me to come to Colorado? He never asked me to go. And I looked at him and I thought, I'm going to write him and tell him. I'm going to say, I'm not really happy you're there, so there. And so, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden I said, Lord, is there anything wrong with how will Edwin leave this earth? What? Is there something I need to do? Lord, show me if there is, because I'm, I'm willing. He's my brother. i got to keep him. Because I'm pretty expensive. And so, it was a joke, church. It was a joke. But he's not probably, he's probably knows. I said, what's going on? And I began to pray. And I said, I don't care what it is. I speak life to him. Long life. Long and strong life. And I, I don't even remember what I said, but I, I remember I, I, I was doing something. There was something was going on in my heart. It just pierced my heart. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about, church. The gifts of the Spirit. Some of you said, well, I've backed off. I've slapped off. No, don't slap. There's no slacking. Today's the day to come back. To come back to what He's made you for. To come back to what, you say, why do I need to come back? So you can give to your world what he's called That's you to give. That's the whole purpose. You are the evidence that Jesus is alive. We live for others. I'm telling you, the world is crying for a living Savior. And he lives in you. Everybody lift Anybody your Anybody else want to make the wall? Is there anyone else who wants to come? Come on. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Everybody say this prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You are my Savior. You are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. You are my Redeemer. You are my resurrection. You are my resurrection. You give life to me. You give life to me. And today. And today. I dedicate myself. I dedicate myself. To share your life. To share your life. With my world. With my world. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Because I'm forgiven. Because I'm forgiven. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Because I'm free. Because I'm free. And as I have received. And as I have received. I give. I give. Now thank you. Thank you. For anointing me. For anointing me. With fresh oil. With fresh oil. The day of resurrection is here. The day of resurrection is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now lift your hands and thank you. Oh, Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, just give me another chance. I'll do it right. Oh, you give me another chance. Tell I'll tell him, that person. You tell him what you need to I'll say. I'll pray, Lord. I'll pray. I'll pray in revival for the nations, Lord. Oh, I'll do it, Lord. You can count on me. Say because I count on it. Everybody say because I know.
because you live. Fresh outpouring is on this church. Stirring up things. Coming back to some things that you the fire. Fallen on all of you. It comes from the pastors on down. It comes from the king. It comes from the shepherd of your shepherd. He's saying, come on, impact. Make that impact. Bigger than you ever thought. Get a bigger load. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.